Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. Good morning. God is good. And all the time. Yeah, that's right. I do want to take just a moment before we get started just to uh, thank all of our leaders that were able to go be with us last weekend. Jeff Zook. I want to thank Beth Ann, uh, Graham. Uh, Sam and Macy uh, and Hannah Satterfield uh, for going with us uh, last weekend. And uh, God did a uh, tremendous work in the lives of our students and leaders, um, and not just ours, uh, from the groups from, as you saw, 11 states uh, were uh, there in Gatlinburg last weekend for the Crossroads Winter Conference in just as important, I want to thank you as a church uh, for investing in this generation of students because uh, your investment reaped much fruit last week. And so, um, and that's, that's only God. And at the end of the video said, uh, only Jesus only Jesus. Well, if you've got your Bibles, uh, if you would please turn with me uh, to the book of Jonah. And uh, we are going to be uh, continuing our series in the book of Jonah uh, this week. And uh, we're going to be right back in Jonah chapter 1. Actually, we're going to be in Jonah chapter 1 for several weeks uh, here because there's so much to, uh, to unpack there. But as you guys are turning... Uh, I'm going to take a little poll here. Uh, we're going to kind of separate the room just a little bit. So uh, I got a question for you. How many of you would say that, uh, that you like or that you love running? Raise your hand. That you like or love running? We got, we, we got, we got a few hands in the room. Okay. All right. I know Corey does. Uh, Corey, Corey runs circles around me. Um, we, you know, people that like running, they're, they're these people, they just, they enjoy getting up in the morning or in the afternoon, going outside and uh, just running around their neighborhood, uh, running at the park, running uh, maybe down here at the CESA complex. Um, you know, you if you pass by at any given time during the day, you'll see people walking and running uh, around that, that track down there, uh, around those soccer fields. Um, and, you know, for the most part, it's, it's fun to them. I mean, they, they just, it's like enjoyment. Relax, it's relaxation for them. Now, my next question is this. How many of you don't like running? Raise your hand. All right, all right. Yeah, that's good. And a lot more hands there. You know, these are people that, 
you have a strong dislike for running. I mean, you don't, you don't even like running when someone or something is chasing after you. Uh, and, I mean, you're, you're one that, um, I mean, if a dog or somebody's chasing after you, uh, you, may, you may run for survival, but the whole time that you're doing that, you're thinking, I hate what I'm doing right now. I mean, you just, I mean, you just loathe it so much. And uh, I'm probably, kind of, honestly, I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't, I don't love running. Uh, I like running uh, when we have uh, something that's in our workout at the gym, uh, as long as it's not too far, as long as my, my right knees uh, and my age is uh, okay and not giving me too much trouble. You know, I, I'm okay with it. Um, my knees are not okay with it most of the time, but I just, I just kind of grind it out, uh, and so, but, um, so I'm kind of somewhere there in the middle. You know, we've got one guy at the gym, uh, and uh, if he hears his name in this, that's fine. Okay, Ryan Darnell. I mean, he's just he's one of these guys. He's like six three, six four, six five, somewhere around there, and he runs like a gazelle. I mean, I mean his. His one, one, you know, step is like three of mine. Um, and so um, we might run 400 meters at the, at the gym, and he's lapped me twice before uh, we, you know, get there. I mean, he just, it just comes natural to him, I guess. I don't know, but, um, you know, I, I'm like, man, I'd love to just know what that feels like just once. Just once. I mean, when I was growing up, when I was playing football in uh, high school and, and then college, uh, I mean, I, I ran uh, because the coaches made us. Uh, I ran because if I didn't run, then I was going to have to, you know, do other things. And, um, but I, I really didn't like it. I just did it because they blew the whistle. And uh, I knew what, if I didn't run, what uh, the consequence was going to be. So... There's a, there's a film that was, it's years ago now, but of a guy, and if you guys want to go ahead and cue that clip, and you can put a little bit of sound to it. Paul, I've kind of changed my mind on that. Uh, he just got up one day, and he just decided he was going to run. Uh, so check this out. particular reason, <laughs> I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road, and when I got there, I thought maybe I'd run to the end of town. President Carter, suffering from heat exhaustion, fell into the arms and of... when I got there, I thought maybe I'd just run across Greenbow County. And I figured since I run this far, maybe I'd just run across the great state of Alabama. And that's what I did. I ran clear across Alabama. And he just kept running and running and, and running. And I, I, can't, I can't watch a clip from, from Forrest Gump without thinking of one of our former students, Jake Andrews, because he, he had a perfect in, uh, imitation of him. And, uh, so, but today as we continue our series in the book of Jonah, we're going to unpack some key truths here um, 
And that they're going to help us understand that there are times in our lives when we shouldn't run. There's times that uh, running is not the right thing to do. And so if you've got your Bibles, turn to Jonah chapter 1. And uh, we're going to... I'm going to go back and read verse 1, but we're going to really highlight verses 2 and 3 today and uh, see what the Lord has for us. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. And if you've grown up in church uh, for any amount of time, you've, you've heard the story of Jonah. And uh, you know about Jonah, you know about the great fish, you know what happened, and uh, you know uh, about his complaining and, uh, and all this stuff. But, and as we're covering this, this book, and I just want to remind us of a couple of things. Yes, we, we read about, in the book of Jonah, we read about a great fish. But the book of Jonah is not about a great fish. It's only mentioned actually four times in the book. It's not about the great city of Nineveh. Although it's mentioned nine times, the book of Jonah is actually not even about the disobedient prophet by the name of Jonah. Although we read his name in there 18 times, the book of Jonah is actually about God. If you look and if you were to read through all four chapters, God is mentioned 38 times in the book. Of Jonah in these four chapters. It's about the will of God and how you and I respond to it. The book of Jonah is about also about a God who continues to pursue us and the calling that He's given us even when we don't pursue Him. And so uh, as we get started today, I just want to start with that, but uh, let's go to the first point. The first point that that we're going to unpack today. And the first truth is in verse 2, we see God's call to Jonah. Now, there are different calls or callings from God in a person's life. And uh, there's three specific calls that uh, I'm going to share with you. The first is uh, this. There's the call unto hope. There's a call to hope. It's that salvation call. It's that call when, when God, through the Holy Spirit... You know, uh, helps you to understand and recognize your sin and your wickedness and that you are in need of something or someone who can uh, help you and uh, gain that hope. Uh, and that hope is only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, so the first call is a call to hope. The second call, a second call is this. It's a universal call to ministry. And this is the call that's for every single believer in Jesus Christ. And when I say believer, I'm talking about those who have made a personal choice, a personal decision to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's a universal call to 
go and share the good news of Jesus that saved you with others that have not heard the good news or who have not responded to the good news of Jesus Christ. And then you have a third calling. And this is a calling that uh, we see here in the book of Jonah. And it's a unique call to ministry. A vocational call. It's that call for someone, young, old, it doesn't matter. That's the thing. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. That it's that calling that as a sophomore at North Greenville University that God placed on my heart. A call to surrender to full-time vocational ministry. Or maybe it's part-time. But it's vocational ministry where, where you know without a shadow of a doubt that God has called you to serve Him in some form of ministry. And that's your calling. It could be uh, in the local church. It could be with the association, our state, or national convention. It could be as a missionary on the mission field whether it be North America with NAM, or whether it be uh, with our international mission board and serving God overseas. Miss Vicki Maxwell's uh, niece or cousin, uh, Rebecca, uh, is serving as through the international mission board right now um, in uh, Central Asia. And uh, she's been serving there for many years, and uh, many of the uh, folks in our church are uh, prayer partners with her. And so uh, there's that unique call of ministry. And sometimes God calls us to do something or go somewhere, whether it be a mission trip or, or just across the street, and he may not give you all the details to the call. Some of you know what I'm talking about. No, you've kind of you've got that, that call on your heart. God calls you... Um, uh, to um, go to the go to your school, go to your workplace. There's there's a group of people uh, at work that uh, God's given you a burden for, and He's just called you to uh, be salt and light uh, in their life, to let the light of Christ shine in you and through you. But He doesn't tell you exactly how He wants you to do it, or you know what what's the message particularly that he wants you to share other than the gospel. He doesn't give you details there. But there's sometimes that God calls us, and it's very specific and clear to us. God's call to Jonah was very clear and very specific. He told him where he was to go, to who he was to go to, and what the message was. And let's, let's look at that again. He says, Arise, go to Nineveh, to the great city. There's Nineveh. That's the people and the place. You're to call out against it. In other words, you're to, to warn them and, on, and remind them of their sin and, and that, that the Lord recognizes that for the evil that has come up before you. Sometimes God's call is very clear. And Jonah was to go to Nineveh the great city, and to call out. In other words, to warn them. 
to give them a, a message of warning that they needed, their sin is great and, and it's come up against the Lord. And that if they do not repent of their sins, that God was going to destroy their city and them. And he even, he even gave them a timeline. And we see that in the book of Jonah later on. 40 days. 40 days. What's the time given by God for them to repent? So we see Jonah's call from God in verse 2. In verse 3, we see Jonah's disobedience to God's call. Jonah knew what the Lord had called him to do. And his answer was a deliberate disobedience. Now, if you look at, if you look at a map in your Bible, you'll see that Israel's, Israel's right here. Nineveh's up here in Assyria. And Tarshish is way over here. So, Jonah's here. God tells him to go here. And Jonah goes all the way over here. Some of us sitting here today, God's called us to go here. But yet you're running here. And you know that God's calling you to do this particular thing. Or calling you to share with this particular group or this person. And all, but out of disobedience, for, for various reasons that you have to justify why you don't want to go here, you're, gonna, you're going here. And some of you have been running in the opposite direction of what, where God's called you for a very long time. And I don't know who you are, but God does. And you do. Jonah's answer was deliberate disobedience. He decided to flee to Tarshish by the way of Joppa to run away from the presence of God. Now we're sitting here today and oh we've got we've got the whole Bible in our hands and, and we know what what Psalm says, what Psalm 139 says. Jonah was a prophet of God and all oh, with a message for these, the people of Nineveh who were lost and going to hell. A, on their way to a Christless eternity. And Jonah had a message of hope that God had given them. Now repent. He had a second chance for them. And, a, and the prophet of God went the opposite way. Not only did he go the opposite way, according to the scripture, he paid his own way there. It was on his dime. Tarsus was in the opposite direction of Nineveh, where he was supposed to go. So why in the world would Jonah go in the opposite direction of which God called him to. 
Let me ask you a question. As we're answering that question about Jonah, I ask you that same question today, church. Why are you running in the opposite direction of where God's called you? To Jonah, God was asking him to go to Assyria. Now, history tell, we know from history that the Assyrians were enemies of Israel. They, have, they had been cruel to Israel. They had, um, they had even uh, murdered uh, some of Jonah's people. Jonah, Jonah knew the history of the Assyrians and the Ninevites. And here God was calling him to go to people that had hurt his people, to hurt his family. And Jonah, in his flesh, was like, uh-uh, I can't do that. He thought that God was asking, in his words, he thought that God was asking him to do something that was impossible, to warn the people to repent of their sins or be destroyed. Jonah's problem and the reason that he fled from to Tarshish instead of going to Nineveh the first time when God called him is simple. It's something that you and I deal with in our own hearts. It's hatred. I mean, deep down, no, there was a root of hatred that Jonah had for, for these Ninevites. God, he, you know, I can, I can almost hear Jonah right now saying, God, you know what he's, they've been doing to our people for years when they came and, and kind of took over. You know that they've killed our own people. And now you want me to go and, and show them, give them a message of grace and mercy? Why would you do that? It's simple. Because God wanted to remind Jonah that not only did, did God love the Israelites, and not only did God love Jonah, but God had a heart and a love for the Ninevites. Even though they were, they were rough and terrible people, even though they had done some terrible things, God's love for them was just as great. And there are people in your lives, there are people that, that you work with, there are people that you go to school with, young people, there are people that live in your neighborhood, there are people that are in your family that, that you really despise right now. They've hurt you, they've talked about you, they've done, they've done things that uh, are terrible, and they are lost as lost can be. They are lost in if the Lord were to take their life today, they would spend eternity away from Christ in a place that was never created for them. And God is calling you to share the good news with them. God is calling you to pray for them, to pray for their salvation, to pray for their repentance. And some of us have such a deep uh, hurt or deep hatred in our hearts and all that that it is a stumbling block and all for us to sh- 
from us sharing the message of the good news of the gospel with them. If we're honest, if we're being truly honest, there are people in this room that you've been hurt by family, you've been hurt by the church in the past, you've been hurt by someone at school. And if God were, if you knew that you had, if God was clearly telling you specifically, I want you, Hannah, to go to this person right here because they don't know me. And I want you to share my grace and my love with them. You would have a hard time doing it just because there's so much dislike and hate in your heart for that person. Jonah's deep hatred for the people of Nineveh was a stumbling block. Some would maybe even say uh, a mountain in the way from a, for obeying God's call. He'd rather see Nineveh destroyed than to listen and obey to God's call to him. You see, Jonah's hatred for the Ninevites had, a, had allowed his vision to be blurred and recognized and, and not recognize God's love for both himself and the Ninevites. But let me remind you that what 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Some of you in this room today, and all you've got blurred vision when it comes to obeying God's call to go and share the gospel with the nations. You're like, well, they can fend for themselves. And that's basically what John was saying. They're fend for themselves. And all they got themselves in this mess, they can get themselves out of it. But I'm not going. And I tell you what, Lord. Not only am I not going to Nineveh, I'm going way, as far away from Nineveh as I can. And the scripture says that Jonah went to Tarshish to flee from the presence of the Lord. So I have a question for you today. Do you have such a hatred or strong dislike for someone or a group of people so much that you would rather see them spend a Christless eternity in hell rather than have a chance to experience His grace and His mercy in their life. So let me remind you this. If someone didn't love you enough to share the gospel with you. And if you're like me, to share the gospel with me for years and years and years and years before I responded to the grace of God. A Christless eternity in hell would be where you're headed to. But someone loved you enough because God loved you enough and God loved them and gave them a call to share the good news of the gospel with you. And if you're like me, I grew up in the church. 
I, I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And any time the doors were open. And there were many times as a young person and all, that I really didn't like it. There were many times that I didn't like my mom for making me go. But that didn't stop her from making sure I was at youth choir. It didn't stop me making sure I was there for discipleship. didn't stop her from making sure that we were there. Why? Because she knew the power of the gospel. And she knew the power of Christ. And she knew the love that God had for me. And I'm telling you, young people, when I was your age... Oh, I did not want to go many times. On Sunday afternoons, we had a big community football game in our yard where there were 12 or 15 people. And we'd play from about 1 o'clock, and the game would still be going on about 4.15. But it was time to go to kids' choir, or it was time to go to youth choir. And Mom would roll that window up, and she'd shout out, Boys, time to come in, get cleaned up, let's go to church. And there were times the game was close. <laughs> Those of you that, that are football fans, you understand this. Those of you that grow up in the country, and all, you understand what backyard football means. I mean, we had to win the game. And all, I was having a good game some days. And, all, and if, if I had to leave, if we lost, it could be my fault. But no, my mom, she didn't, she didn't waver. And I didn't like her many Sundays, afternoons. To be honest with you, there's some Sunday afternoons I hated her. But I thank God that I have a mom who didn't care about what my feelings were at the time. But she wanted to make sure that I was where I needed to be. Do you have such a hatred to see some, someone that God's calling you to share with go to hell? Do you have such a hatred or strong dislike that you just can't bring it upon yourself to forgive that person for the hurt that they've done in your life? They've done to you. The third point is this. It's really just a fact. It's just a truth that we see not only from these two verses, but also we'll see throughout the book of Jonah is this, that you can run all you want, but you'll never outrun God's call for your life. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. David came to a point in his life, he understood this. He says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, or some translations say hell, you're there. If I take the wings in the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, <coughs> even your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Deep down, Jonah knew that he could run and he could flee as far as he wanted to go from Nineveh. But he knew deep down that there was nowhere that he could go where the presence of God wasn't going to be there. 
and couldn't, they couldn't find him. Some of you here this morning, you've been running for God's call in your life for so long that your disobedience has clouded your vision. That call is blurred. You're like Forrest Gump. And you've just been running and running and running and running. And you're tired. And you're exhausted from running. From running from God. And salvation that is freely offered to you. Some of you have been running from the universal call to fulfill the Great Commission. To go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them all I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always. Running from God will make you miserable. And it will also make the people around you miserable. The most miserable person in the world is a follower of Christ who is running from God's call. Because they're not in in unity with the Father right now. Some of you, you, as I said that, you had names that popped into your head of people that you know, that you care about, that is exhausted and tired emotionally and spiritually because they've been running from God for so long. Thinking that at some point they'll just, God will just give up on me. God will just stop bothering me. As we'll see in the book of Jonah, even when God, even when Jonah was not pursuing God's call, God never stopped pursuing Jonah. And that's the same for us today. You may not feel like pursuing God right now in your life, but I'm here to tell you, here's a fact, that God has never stopped pursuing you, and he will not stop until you just be obedient to him. As we're going to see in the series, he'll go to any length to get your attention. Even if it's to have a big fish come swallow you. So a couple questions as we close today. The first is this. What are you running from? What are you running from? Are you running from your past mistakes and decisions that you've made in your life? Thinking that those past decisions and all are are so great that God can't save you? I'm here to tell you, God wants to save you. He wants you to experience salvation and the joy of the Lord.
Some of you have been running from God. And all that you can't love yourself. You don't love yourself. Because of your past mistakes. But that hasn't stopped God from loving you here today. Are you running from the fear of the future? You know, the unknown. Whether it be a job or where I'm going to go to school when I graduate high school. What college am I going to go to? Are you running from insecurity? That you're not enough? That you're not, you're not worthy enough of God's salvation? That you don't deserve it? Well, you do have that part right. None of us deserve it. But because of God's grace and His mercy, He gives us what we don't deserve. He wants to give us the gift of Jesus. For somebody in this room today, and I don't know, you might be young, you might be old, but somewhere down the line, God called you to vocational ministry. And you've been running from it. Like I said, you may be a teenager, you may be in your 50s or 60s. And God gave you a call years ago when you were a teenager. And you were just so afraid of what that meant and all that you, you ran from that call. But God's call has not left you. And I want to tell you, if that's you... And all, it is not too late. Today, you can stop being disobedient to that call on your life. And you can stop running from God and run into His arms. That may be, um, it could be being a missionary, being a children's minister, being a worship leader, being a youth pastor, being a men's ministry leader. What is that call that you're running from today? My second question is this. What is God calling you to? Students, is he calling you to be the salt and light on your school campus? Parents, men, women, is he calling you to be the spiritual leader in your home to your spouse and your children. Maybe God's calling you to pray for that neighbor that's a thorn in your flesh. Now some of you in this, in this room, and I better be careful because you live beside each other. If you live on Deerwood Circle, and all, there's a lot of you. But maybe God's call for you today is to start praying for that neighbor that's a thorn in your flesh. Instead of, stop, start, instead of complaining to everybody about it, once you start praying for, for their salvation or for, or for them to get right with God? Maybe God's call for you today is to take a step of faith to share the gospel with that friend, that neighbor, that family member, or co-worker. Is God calling you to forgive that person who hurts you uh, in your past. Maybe it was a parent, a step-parent, a grandparent. 
and they hurt you really bad. And you've never found it in yourself to forgive them. But God's calling you to forgive them today. And if you'll just trust Him, He'll give you the strength and the courage to forgive them. Are you, is God calling you to forgive that bully at your school, students? That person that picks on you all the time? Or has picked on you? Because here's the truth. And you guys know I love you. But as much as God loves you, God loves them too. Maybe the reason that, they, that they're a bully is because of the way that they're being treated at home. Or maybe there's a circumstance that you have no idea about and they're hiding their insecurity for whatever reason by being a bully. But God loves them and he wants them to know that there's hope, that there's joy that they can have in their life. And it's found in Jesus And you may be the only person that God will use to share the good news with them. You say, well, they don't deserve it, Heath. You don't know what they did. You don't know how many times they've said negative things about me to put me down. Or you don't know how many times they've stabbed me in the back to get that position at work. And no, they're they're just they're just too bad, too bad. Can I remind you what Romans five eight says? It says that while we were still sinners, in other words, while we were still bad people, while we were still bullies, while we were still running from God, while we were still disobedient to our parents and hating God himself while we were still sinners Christ died for you simply what it comes down to is this if you're running from God in disobedience You're caught up in a life of sin. And some of you are going to recognize this. And you're going to relate to this more than others. But remember. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. And it will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will definitely cost you more than you want to pay. So as we close, as much as I I love watching Forrest Gump, my prayer and my plea to you today is today is the day that God is calling you to stop running from his call on your life and run into his arms of love and grace and mercy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we are...
humbled. We are in awe of your pursuing love for us. Even on the days when we're at our worst. And Father, today, I truly believe that there are people in this room who are running from a call that you have placed on their life. It may be salvation. It may be to simply live out the gospel in their life and to live on mission for you at their school, at work. Father, I believe that there's one or more, but there's at least one here today that they've been running from the call that you gave them years ago to vocational ministry. And Father, I, I pray that they hear this and they understand that if there's breath in their lungs that it's never too late. So God, will you give them the courage to step out and answer that call today? Because there are people all over Five Forks. Boys, girls, men, women, grandparents who need to hear the gospel. And they need people who are willing to begin a friendship with them. In order to share the good news of Jesus with them. Father... I pray that we wouldn't be like Jonah this morning during response time. That we wouldn't flee the opposite, the total opposite direction of what you're calling us. But Lord, that we would run and that we would go exactly where we know you're calling us. In your name we pray. Amen. Joey's going to lead us. How has the Lord spoke to you today? The invitation is this. What's God calling you to do today? What's God's call in your life? And I pray that you would respond in obedience to that. I'll be down here. I'd love to pray with anyone. Um, the altar's going to be open. Grab a friend and say, hey, will you go pray with me about this? And I'll just be obedient to God. Run into his arms. Let's stand together, please. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.